Every energy you come across or create, it's okay. It's just an energy. And if you know it, you can change it. You truly are the source for every single thing that shows up in your life and you should be proud of it. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an awesome guest for you today, all the way from down in New Zealand, or I guess up, depending on where you're from. Rebecca Hulse is an author, speaker, and creative rebel at heart. She has shown up in places as Thrive Global Women's Weekly, Small Business Daily, and she is a business coach on a mission to help creatives be successful without being exceedingly serious to apply the tools that actually fit their purposes, which resonates so strongly with me. As someone who revels in shaking up the realities and limiting paradigms of her clients, Rebecca thrives in situations where the impossible transitions to possible as a former recording artist and today's contemporary voice for millennials, she has completed her first bucket list by age 20. She's the personification of her motto, impossible is temporary, which is evident in her latest book, Rebellious Rituals, which we are going to take a deep dive into. Rebecca, welcome to Daily Helping. It is great to have you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Richard. That is quite a mouthful of a bio. (laughs) I know you got a lot to live up to on that. So I want to start by you've achieved, we're going to talk about this, achieving your bucket list by 20, which most people never achieve their bucket list. So I want to know kind of what started you on your journey. Was this something you popped out of the womb and by age two, you had your first multinational corporation? What, what's the deal? No. What, what, you know, <laughs> what kind of got you on the path you're on today? Well, I, I definitely did have support. I have to give credit there. My parents were personal development and entrepreneur junkies, really. And that definitely gave me an alternative footing to start off from, from the very beginning. But at the end of the day, I still had to be the one that was creating my life. And so, you know, as a kid, you get asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was really clear. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be a performer. And so I went on that path and I, you know, I stuck to my guns and my goals and I went to it. But my parents being the smart people they were, they were like, Rebecca, this is great. We love that you want to be a dancer. We support that. But you're a bit of a princess. <laughs> so how much does a dancer make? And I was like, I know, I know it's not enough. And they were like, that's totally fine. Just start a business as well. And so I always knew that I wanted to do more than one thing. And, you know, I had the idea of being multi-passionate from the very beginning, but I just went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm focusing on my dance career. And I pushed that to the side. And I started going to dance schools that were like Russian ballet boot camp. 
and throwing myself into everything I could to complete and to create this goal. And all of a sudden it got too easy. And I don't know about you, when, but when things get too easy, I have a choice. I can either destroy everything that I'm creating or I can find something else to do as well so that I'm not bored and therefore I can actually, you know, help myself out. So I started researching business and started getting into the personal development side of things. And that kind of exploded everything that went into that bio now. Now, how old were you at that time? Uh, about 18. Okay. So you're, you know, most 18 year olds really don't have the wherewithal to really think about personal development. So I want to then take that a step further. You said something that was really interesting to me, and it's a term I've never heard anybody use, and I wrote it down and circled it, multi-passionate. Yes. I feel like people are always made to choose their passion or to choose, like, choose your one thing. And as someone that has, you know, been the antithesis of consistent my entire life and always found so much love for living in different things, I don't want to be tied down to one thing. And I actually have learned that that can actually be a gift and you can use that for yourself and to propel everything that you want to occur in your life forwards. And so I have learned to, to love all of my loves and all of my passions instead of just try and focus on one because that, that honestly feels like murdering a baby. It's like, no, I will just, I will just do this one path. And you're like, but all of these other beautiful ideas want to come with me in my life. And so for me, I'm, I've never, I never let that, that baby go that external idea. I always, I'm like, all right, maybe I can't do everything today, but I can include everything in my life. And some days will be more focused towards the, these passions and others towards this. Did you have kind of a methodology you use to prioritize those passions? Say, okay, I'm passionate about X, Y, and Z. No, you're shaking your head. No, no, I do not. It's, I am, again, the logical part of my brain is not that strong, but the energetic ability to follow whatever's pinging in the moment is super heightened as in I have developed my ability to follow my awareness so that my intuition is my key strength. So in that I'm always what I I'd call following the energy based on what is required of the day. And I always end up at the end of the day going, holy hell, I did actually make that all happen. So it is working. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense, but it seems to be working for this very inconsistent creator's life. And I think a lot of people in the world today would say the world is a crazy inconsistent place. So maybe maybe that makes sense given all that. So <laughs> I, I want to, because I'm excited about it and I, I checked out your website and there was all sorts of profanity in it and that's very exciting. So Rebellious Rituals. So what made you decide to write that book? So I wrote this book for the former version of myself. I wrote this book for the yogi that drinks wine is my example of, of who it's for. And back, you know, if you picture this 18 year old performing artist working on a business at the same time, trying to make all of her dreams come true. The tools I had at the time weren't the tools that were working for me, and I did not know why. So, for example, I lived in this gorgeous apartment with my boyfriend, a few flatmates. That's what you call roommates in, in New yes, Zealand. I'm following um, you. <laughs> and I was very highly strung and stressed for 
absolutely no reason at all. Like perfect picture of perfectionism coming undone at the sides or at the seams. And so I would sit and I would try and meditate, but I could not make my brain focus. It's made for someone that can empty out their thoughts. And anytime my brain is quiet, that means all the new ideas can come in. So I would sit there and try and wrangle with my head and create some thin veneer of peace. And then I would march down the stairs going, okay, I can finally start my day. And I would see one thing like a messy kitchen bench and it would trigger me. And I would have to march my ass back upstairs, sit on that meditation cushion again and start the whole process. And I was like, this is insane. The only thing that is actually getting better here is my ass from marching up and down my stairs. So this was, as I started looking for more tools and that eventually led me on this extremely long journey through cruise ships and travel and dealing with the grief of my dad to some of the tools of access consciousness. And those are the tools that I found really helped me. And so I started creating my own processes, my own rituals, seeing as all the tools that were out there at the time were not working. And that has all landed in this book. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. So a lot obviously went into rebellious rituals. So yes, take us 10 years of change. (laughs) Take us on a deep dive. So let's, let's, let's jump in. And let's, let's talk about some of these rituals that people can use today to make some changes in their lives. Well, and the first thing that was really important to me was that none of this was pretentious. Like all of this had to be like a real moment that's either shitty or great that you can have. And I'm a big believer that anything that you crave or that you wish to be in your life you have to be it yourself. Like you can't expect your partner to be it, your family to be it, your friends to be it. You actually need to be all of the energies and elements in your life that you crave as your own source. And then everyone in your life is a gift and you can enjoy them. So a lot of what's in this book is the self-starter process of how to actually become those. And also just to get over some real things like Believe it or not, you wouldn't hear it from this interview, but I am an introvert. I get my energy from being alone. So sometimes you don't have hours on end to recharge. So I've created one that's called the Introverts BFF, where it's like a little 10 minutes that you can take and recharge yourself. There's also a ritual for when you are cranky, because I get cranky sometimes for absolutely no reason. And I do not want that to destroy my life. So I have this ritual so that you can enjoy the cranky and then hopefully get over it. But at least you won't destroy all your friendships and, you know, your your love life in the process. So that's kind of a bit of a snippet. Does that give you some areas where you want to deep dive in or do I keep going? I want to do the, and I know not everybody listening to this is an introvert, but 
I'm curious about that because, you know, that's something in the personal development space, there's almost this built-in assumption that you're, rah, 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 you know, like you're, you know, grab life, yeah. you know, <laughs> by the horns and, you know, powerful with energy and all of these things. But I know a lot of people in this space who kind of refer to themselves as extroverted introverts, that they can turn it on yes. and they can, they can work a show and they can get on stage and they can crush it. But that is so draining for them. And they yeah. would rather be curled up in bed watching Netflix. So I don't want, you know, let's not do the whole 10 minutes, but let's. Yeah, you know. no, of course not. But I mean, we're surrounded by so many people. And yet for some reason, it's assumed that we're supposed to have a love of people. And for a lot of us, that's just not the reality. Like the first line in this ritual is people can suck it. And I think that starts us right off the bat there with the kind of tone, the energy of the book, and that it's okay to have a screwed up thought or something that you know is bad, but you think anyway, and to, you know, to revel in it instead of needing to suppress it. Because, you know, we are all these individuals. We're allowed to have our own point of view. That is, you know, the definition of, of freedom and that we have that. We have the privilege of that. And so for this, like, first, it starts off really as a bit of a, it's okay to have your own point of view about people. Simple as that. Just to let that ease off. Because, you know, as soon as you're allowed to have your own freedom of thought, you relax. And relaxation is actually the beginning of recharging your batteries. So we start about that. And then we educate about, you know, what is an introvert actually? And it's about where you get your energy from. And, you know, if you are an extrovert and your best source of energy is a big crowd of people, then that is amazing. And read this for your introvert friends so you can see the signs of when they're starting to wane. And you can say, hey, there's a little quieter room over here. Do you want to go check that out and get a quiet drink? You know, if they're at an event where they cannot find that sense of you know, space to be able to go and recharge their batteries. Like this is also one of the things like not everything in this book will be relevant to everyone. You cannot please everyone. I gave up on that one a long time ago, but the idea is that you get to pick and choose what's relevant for you. And honestly, this book has a sense of humor that I did not predict. I had a, a reader message me and tell me that she was procrastinating going to work and she just really didn't want to go and she was a teacher. And then she opened the book and it went to the page, I don't want to go to the work today. And I was like, you can't make that stuff up. Like that is a true sense of humor in the book. But I digress majorly. But this is really about recognizing where you get your energy from, taking some space from these pages. And to remember to take up space, like we've got the words here, take up space, you are valuable. And I think we forget that, especially when we're so different to what is going on around us. So it's like if you're in the space and everyone seems to be happy and having a great time or, you know, they're loving being in all the meetings that they're in on Zoom and you're like, I could just do with a quiet moment to get to work. It's like, it's okay to take up that space. And I think, I think we forget that far too often. So you turn the page and you jump into these two pages of ritual. That's it. And the premise is that you ask questions. You just let the energy of the page wash over you. And there is just this energy of 
having a look at what you actually require and desire in the moment and that quietness that we sometimes don't get. And to me, quietness doesn't mean a room full of silence. It means a moment of an energy that contributes to you. So these rituals are not designed so that you need to have the perfect experience. It's so that you can get whatever you need out of the present moment exactly as it is. No need to try and make it perfect. So I'm hearing you talk, Rebecca, this is different than a lot of the kind of run of the mill cookie cutter, you can do it, believe in yourself books. Yeah. One of the things that you've used as a term is energy, and you've probably said it, you know, 50 times. A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so even that word means different things to different people. As Correct. far as the book goes, what does energy mean? to rebellious rituals and what so i'm a belief in test of this you know resonates in your own world that energy is actually our first language and it's often a forgotten language that you know we've learned the words that our parents have taught us and our culture has taught us and we forget that you know you walk into a room and you know when something's gone on that's an energy you know the energy of when you were either excited or terrified or ex-terrified sometimes in my case of the two energies together and it's bubbling up and you don't know which way it's going to go is it going to go into full-on fear or is it going into excitement and joy that is also an energy and so for me my way of working has been to gather and create and get access to as many different energies as possible on a moment's notice and so the way that this book works is to actually allow you to start looking at things at a much more energetic level. And if you're going like, oh, but I haven't ever developed my awareness or I haven't done a lot of personal development, the idea is that the energies come out of the book. All you need to do is read the page because, you know, they start somewhere and believe it or not, you've got way more access than you think you do. You just haven't been looking for it. And so this book is actually more about just starting to help you be the curator of what kind of energy is actually in your life and to become aware of it. As I'm hearing this, you know, again, it's a very different approach to, to a lot of things, but I think it makes a lot of intuitive sense. I'm curious if you could share with us a couple of success stories, you know, and they don't even have to be your own. It could be, you know, readers. I mean, you mentioned the girl who didn't want to go to work today. Well, I mean, one of my good clients actually said to me, like, Rebecca, I hate reading. I absolutely hate reading, but I, I bought your book just because, you know, I know you and turns out I haven't been able to put it down. I've been read it cover to cover. And that really surprised me because I didn't design this book to be one of those exhausting books that you have to complete. I really did design it as the kind of book that you literally just, okay, what do I need right now? You open the page and you read that. Like I wanted it to be timeless in a sense that you don't need to invest a lot of time and energy. Like, you know, we live in the world where the masterclass is the new thing and it's like three to seven days long and it's hours and hours currently on video, which is even more exhausting in my opinion. And I just didn't think that that needed to be the, the main medium for change. So I was so surprised to hear people reading it from cover to cover, just because that wasn't what I was expecting or designing it for. And so that was a really lovely heartfelt moment. 
I have a lot more success stories, but the one that springs to mind the most is um, a lot of the kids have been stealing um, my friend's parents' books. For example, one of my best friends and, and mentors, Laura Marie, she didn't even get to hold her copy of the book for like a day because it was her daughter, Ayla, who's six. It was her best friend's book, in her opinion, because it had pictures in it of, of me. And um, it was just one of those things that I, from teenagers to kids, like, of course, the language isn't made for kids. So choose at your own will. Some parents totally fine with that. Others not. Of course, that's your choice as a parent. But it's turned into like a school project for one teenager. And, you know, it's Ayla's picture book, in her opinion. So um, this book is gone. Um, far more of a journey than I expected it to, which was a nice testament to its own success without meaning, me needing to propel it forwards. Any other surprising ways in which you know, you've learned that this book has impacted people or that people are using this that you hadn't really intended? Well, I mean, you get certain expectations and then it's like a dopamine hit anytime talks about the book too. So of course, like you save all of those things. But what would I really love to see people do is turn it into a workbook. Like they've got their pens out, they've got their sticky notes. I, I made it with huge margins so that if you were the type of person that destroys a book, you are welcome to. That was such a thing for me that was so exciting to put into the design. Like I growing up that, you know, you take very good care of books and, you know, you treat them very nicely and you don't eat with them. And, and I had a friend that literally took a highlighter to a book in front of me and I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, you know what, why these books are supposed to be loved. And so I actually wrote in the back of this book, if you love this book, trash it. Like, I don't want to see your pristine, beautiful copy. I want to see your copy that's, you know, sat on a subway and been, you know, spilled coffee over it and wine and has a torn out page. Like, I want to see your loved and trashed and lived version of the book. And so I think that has been such a great freedom for people like, one of my clients, she messaged me and she was like, my book came, but the back cover was bent. And then I turned the page and then I saw that it was okay to trash it. And so, you know, I was like, see, it's, it's okay. It's, it's supposed to be different and it doesn't matter how you use it. <laughs> Loved, lived and trashed. I love that. Yes. Well, this has been fun. You are very different as you <laughs> said you were going to be and you lived up to, to the billing. It is a compliment. It is absolutely a compliment. Uh, this has been really fun. And, and I've enjoyed your energy being here on the show with us today. And as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests this one question. What is your biggest helping, that single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Every energy you come across or create it's okay. It's just an energy. And if you know it, you can change it. You truly are the source for every single thing that shows up in your life. And you should be proud of it. You've gotten this far. What are you going to do next? Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. Well said. Rebecca, tell us where people can find you online. You can go to RebeccaHulse.com and you can find me under searching Rebecca Hulse on Instagram and Facebook. Well, good deal. And that's Rebecca with two C's and H-U-L-S-E. But we got you covered. Everything Rebecca Halls will be in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. So 
either way, we got you. But Rebecca, this has been great. Thanks for coming on today. I really enjoyed our conversation and you are a breath of fresh air to be sure. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to be up this early with you. Thank you again for being on the show. It was great. Loved having you. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today, do something nice for somebody else and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 